everybody. Welcome to episode 50 of the Book Cougars, two middle-aged women on the hunt for a good read. I'm Emily. And I'm Chris. This is pretty oh, exciting. 50, it 50. is. 50 is half of 100. That's a big number. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing this for, I want to say, going on a year and a half. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I could actually sit down and do the math, but I'm not going to do that. And it would be skewed <laughs> by the fact that we've done some episodes. Special episodes, you know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but. But 50 episodes, and um, I just want to issue a little gratitude to my co-host, Chris. Aww. This has been really fun. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, Me too. um, Absolutely. And thank you to all the listeners who are enjoying books with us. Yeah. It's fun to have other crazy book people out in the world. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that our partners, each of our partners really appreciates that there are other people in the world that can share our book craziness as well. Yes. Exactly. So, for those of you who have been with us for um, a while, you know that every 10 episodes, we have a giveaway. Mm-hmm. And our giveaway, our, our upcoming giveaway for this episode has to do with our read-alongs. Our read-alongs. We're going to have a couple summer read-alongs this year because it is the 150th anniversary of the publication of Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. That's amazing. It go, is. Go 150 Louisa. years, and it's never been out of print. Wow. In 150 years, it's been translated into 50 languages, at least. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I've never read it. I think mm-hmm. we talked about that on episode 48, maybe. Yeah. And so I have um, I have it on my list to read. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it as a read-along with everybody for our end-of-June episode. So yes. if you want to read along with us, if you can have it read by June 21st mm-hmm. to issue any comments or questions or fan personish stuff to us. <laughs> yes, please, please, please do join that. us. And you know, a lot of people haven't read Little Women. It seems like some people grew up reading it and others just haven't. And I didn't read it until I was in my 30s. And I was one of those people who I thought, oh, I know Little Women. I've seen, you know, TV adaptations, right. movie adaptations. I've read so much about people talking about it that I felt like I knew it. But then in my 30s, I sat down and I read it, and I really loved it. And nothing takes the place of reading the book. Absolutely. So if you haven't read Little Women, I strongly, we both strongly encourage you to join our read-along or just read it for yourself and forget about us. Right. Read Little Women. (laughs) And there's lots of audio adaptations. So Mm -hmm. I've actually been doing a lot of research and reading about the narrators and trying to figure out, because I'd like to do both. I'd like to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to read it. So that's going to yeah. be my plan. Very cool. And, and you know, when it comes to the adaptations of it, I wrote a, a little list here. Oh, good. Of some of the uh, movie and performance adaptations. So there were two silent films made, four talkies, six TV series, two anime series in Japan, one Broadway musical that was in 2005, and then one opera which was an American uh, production in 1998. That's like some basics. So like if you want to watch movies as well as read the book, a lot of opportunities out there. That's fantastic. Great. So that's our first read-along. Reminder, June 21st, Little Women, Louisa May Alcott. And then for July, we're going to read... March. By Geraldine Brooks. Yes, which won a Pulitzer Prize in 2004. Six, I guess, because the book came out in 2005. So this is how all of this Little Women stuff started. Emily and I were talking about what backlist title we wanted to do as a read-along together. 
and March came up. I think did we we kind of stumbled across it or thought about it when we were at the Northshire Bookstore in Saratoga Springs. I think I said I've never read Geraldine Brooks. Yeah. And then we started to talk about her backlist, and mm-hmm. then you came up with the whole idea of, of March and, and yeah, yeah. And, and the 150th anniversary right. of Little Women. So yeah, so we think it's a great tie-in. Obviously, March is a novel from the father's perspective of Little Women because he's pretty absent in the book. Um, the Civil War is going on, and I won't say any more because you know okay. I know the book's been out for 150 years, but I'm still a believer in avoiding spoilers. Yes. <laughs> Unless we're having a read-along and we're saying this will be a spoiler-rich episode. Right. That's how we came upon our Summer of Little Women was um, from the book March. So the giveaway, the 50th giveaway, will include Little Women by Louisa May Alcott and March by Geraldine Brooks. Yes. And, and a, a little okay. extra book swag. Um, we also have a mug from Out of Print, the company that does a lot of bookish clothing and buttons and pins and mugs um we have a banned books mug that we're gonna be giving away it's very cool it has words that are when you're looking at it are scratched out what do you call that redacted redacted yeah in black and then when you put hot water in it it's heat activated those words appear so they're titles of books like clockwork orange black boy in cold blood color purple their eyes were watching God. Some of the words are present and some are not. And then you put your hot coffee or tea in it and you have a full title. So that's a fun thing. And I just want to add that we're not being sponsored by Out of Print or anything. This is something that we we have that we're giving away. Right. We're just adding it to the package. Yeah. So if you'd like to participate in the giveaway, please email us at bookcougars at gmail.com. You can write anything cute you want. I love getting the emails. <laughs> but um, just sending us an email includes you in the giveaway. Should we make June 1st the cutoff? Sure. Okay. Because we want to get the book out to people so they can read it by the end of June. All right. So just to recap, if you want to participate in our read-alongs, read Little Women by June 21st. Read March by July 19th. Enter our giveaway by June 1st. Just shoot us an email And then some other special things that we have planned. In August, there's an exciting new book coming out by Anne Boyd Rue, we think is her last name, how you pronounce it. We're not sure, but we're going to find out because she's going to be a guest on a future episode of The Book Cougars, probably in August. She has a new book coming out called Meg, Joe, Beth, Amy, The Story of Little Women. And that's coming out August 21st. She has a lot of events coming up. At Orchard House, which is Louisa May Alcott's family home in Concord, Massachusetts. It's where she wrote Little Women. That's where Little Women is set. So check out their website for all the great events that they have coming up. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. And Boyd Rue is going to be here for a week of events in July. Yes. So we will also make note of that in the show notes. Yeah. And we are hoping, we being the book cougars, <laughs> to get to either some of those events or and create an event of our own to go visit Orchard yes. House. And we don't have the details of that fleshed out now. More to come yeah. on that in the future. Keep your ears. Keep your ears peeled. Peaked. Peeled. I've never understood that saying, keep your ears peeled. It sounds I think it's disgusting. keep your eyes peeled, isn't it? <laughs> Both of them are gross. I don't know. So just pay attention. Wow. We'll, we'll, we will use social media. We will obviously be talking about these things as we move forward yes. as well. Don't think you have to know all of this 
by heart. Okay. Chris and I are still trying to remember. Yeah, this is, so. I was going to say, this is a really tight, organized introduction to our read-along, isn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing the best we can. I think that's all we had to say about our giveaway and our read-along, right? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, we covered okay. the bases with that. I'm just really excited to read um, Little Women again. I'm going to reread it. Yeah. Because I, I think it'll be fun to do that. So if you're one of those people who've read Little Will- Little Women a million times, she did, uh, Louisa May Alcott did write two sequels to Little Women because it was so popular. People wanted more. Um, so she wrote a book called Little Men, which came out in 1871, and then another one called Joe's Boys in 1886. I had no idea. Yeah, so you could read read the whole trilogy if you're interested in doing that. And for those of you who have read the whole trilogy, I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. kudos to you. Total kudos, yeah. We should make like a special book cougars something for them. Like overachievers. <laughs> that's amazing. I didn't even know they existed. Chris, yeah. I love you. Yeah. You're just you're you're so knowledgeable. I well, have no I idea. I studied nineteenth century American literature, so this is like like my my soft spot place to land when it comes to books and reading is the 19th century so are you going to come to our little women read-along episode that we record and have like a stack of things to talk about sure absolutely i could do that one thing and this is the first time i'm talking about this publicly is i've been growing out my hair which i haven't had long hair since 1999 like literally (laughs) um but one of the things I want to do is grow it long enough so I can experiment and do all those funky 19th century women hairstyles that they used to have. Like the you curls know? and stuff? The curls with, yeah, and the buns. And, yeah, I think that would be she totally did like, fun. Just so you guys know, when she was talking about buns, she did, like, Princess Leia buns <laughs> when she did that. <laughs> well, I'm going to anxiously watch that process. I can't wait. I think wait. it's going to be so much fun. And I know Laura will be excited, my wife, because she is a performer has done different hairstyles on herself. And there's so much out there on YouTube, videos on how to do your hair or dressing in certain time periods and stuff. So, Laura, you're going to have a mission to find 19th century women hairstyles and do them on my head. And I think we have to come to the recording of that episode, like, done up. I think so. I think we should dress yeah. in period clothing. That would be fun. Or or go to the orchard house that way. Oh, my God. That would be so would much be fun. fun. Yeah. yeah that go would. to our meetup. well that's exciting okay so I also just wanted to mention one thing kind of in reflection to our episode 49 with um, our mystery man John Valerie and this might be kind of a no brainer to people but as I was putting the show notes together for that episode I realized you know we often talk about books that aren't released yet Mm -hmm. and I kind of as a podcast listener I kind of enjoy that because I feel like oh shoo you know it's a book for the future I don't have to worry about it yet on my TBR, you know. But as a a library user, I just wanted to remind people that oftentimes you can go to your library and request a book that has an upcoming publication date. And then the new way that the library system works now is, at least for the library systems I use for both my e-reader and, you know, picking up actual real copies, is they'll automatically put you on the hold list mm-hmm. if they accept your request yeah, for a book. Right. And then for, you know, more popular books that they already have in their system as, you know, waiting for it to arrive, you can also get on the holds. And sometimes for the ones you know are going to have huge long wait lists, it's nice after you listen to a podcast where someone talks about an upcoming book to go mm-hmm. and get your name on the list. Absolutely. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that. I don't remember who it is, but somebody that is a listener that we follow on social media 
said that she reached her limit on the number of holds. Oh, that's Something hilarious. like 50 that, you know, you could submit on her library system. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Like, Damn, 50 holds. That's a lot. <laughs> you know, like dozens would come in at the same yep. time, right? Yeah. That's like one of the most stressful things that happens in my life, yeah. which is a sign of, you know, my, what my life looks like. But like, oh my God, three of them are in at the same time. What am I going to do? So anyway, yeah. And then I also, one more thing before we jump into our segments, I wanted to remind people about our Goodreads page. Yes. We have, we do put up, what are they called? Topics? Topics. For each of our episodes and people hop in there and talk about different things and share different things. And then we also will be putting up these read-alongs. We'll just start now. Mm -hmm. But full disclosure, I think on the read-alongs, we do allow spoilers on Goodreads. So if you haven't started reading the book and you hop into that read-along place be prepared that typically it's people who have yeah you know done the reading i would say possibly yeah totally yeah and i don't know if you can mark your comments as containing spoilers that's not a bad idea you could do that i've seen you know people write spoiler at the very top yeah that's a good idea yeah you could do that if if you're you know concerned because there are there's at least one big whopper of a spoiler and i don't know if you all have seen the episode of friends when Joey and Rachel decide to read each other's favorite books because Rachel comes over to the boys' apartment and opens their freezer and she's like, um, why is there a copy of a book in your freezer? And Joey's like, oh, you know, I think it's The Shining. I'm not sure what book was scary for him. He's like, oh, I'm rereading that. And every time it gets really scary, I put it in the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... So they commenced then to read each other's favorite books, and hers is Little Women. Oh. So Joey's reading Little Women, and he has a real freak-out moment about with, with it. With the spoiler? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's a really cute episode. Oh, well, we'll have to look that up. And yeah, then we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll talk a link about that. Somewhere. Maybe yeah. we'll watch it together. That would be fun. Yeah, because I'm not sure about, like, if I will rewatch a movie or watch a movie for the first time. It might be kind of fun to watch one of the silent I know, if we can get our hands on it. That would be really cool, actually. Mm -hmm. How fun. Well, what are you currently reading, Chris? I'm currently reading a book that was a spontaneous checkout at the library when we were there um, at the Russell Library in Middletown recording with John. I saw Dolly on Dolly, Reviews and Encounters with Dolly Parton. And it's a collection of interviews and whatnot with Dolly Parton. It's edited by Randy L. Schmidt. And it just appealed to me because I, I recently, you know, read that or listened to the Dream More audiobook by Dolly. So it was interesting. And these interviews and review, re, reviews, interviews really span decades. Mm. So it was interesting. I've just been kind of hopping around a little bit. And one thing I didn't know about Dolly was that she went through a real... Uh, severe episode of depression oh, in the 80s. I didn't know I that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Oh. oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm glad she pulled through that. And Yeah, yeah I just said cool. I didn't mean cool that she went through a depression. Yeah. Well, I meant cool that it's a, that the setup of the book sounds really yeah. interesting. Well, cool that she went through it and she's willing yes. to talk about it because depression yeah. is something that hits so many of us. And yep. they used to be so stigmatized, and it still obviously is very stigmatized and misunderstood. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. had episodes of depression in my life, yeah. and thankfully there are a lot of tools out there that you know we can all turn to and keep near us to hopefully help prevent episodes from happening but when they do you know i hope if you are in that position you get help because 
it's so important. Yeah, and lots of times it is about being able to ask for it. And I think that it's a it's a spiral because the more depressed you get, the less you want to be reaching exactly. out to other people. Yeah. And so when I think a celebrity of this stature is willing to talk about it, that's mm. it, it's so helpful. Yeah, you know? she had a gun in her hand at one point. Oh my! She talks about that she because she has a handgun she keeps in her bedside table, and she was looking at it and. Kind of in a daze, I guess. And at that moment, her dog came in, came Ugh. running into the room and kind of like woke her up out of it. And she said that was probably the lowest point in her life. Mm. I'm always reminded by a bumper sticker that I saw when I lived in North Carolina at a mental health facility that said, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Oh, that's and I think one. that's something I, I keep in mind mm-hmm. when I... <laughs> That's a great one. So anyway, that is Dolly on Dolly, Reviews and Encounters with Dolly Parton by Randy L. Schmidt. And I'm listening to Dream More by Dolly Parton on audio. It's fantastic. I'm about halfway through. I know Chris has already spoken about it, so I won't go in depth. But it is so lovely how she just breaks into song. And it's, you know, just um, a cappella, obviously, because she's in the middle of narrating the book, (laughs) you know. But I'm really, really enjoying it. It's very inspiring, and she has such a delightful voice. Yeah, she does. I just feel happy when I hear her voice. Yeah. 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 Are you reading anything else? I am. I'm reading a mystery. Let me grab this. So it's District 8 by Mm. Adam Labor. comes out June 5th. It's the first in a new series uh, featuring a detective who is a gypsy in Budapest. So it's really kind of, uh, you know, for those of you who know the history of gypsies, uh, Romas, it's not pretty. They've been kicked out from every country and looked down upon in countries. So he is one of those detectives who's centrally in the world as a police detective yet he's an outsider Mm. wherever he goes so i'm just starting it uh you know i'm not i'm like what 62 pages in and it's pretty good i'm enjoying it great yeah so again that's district eight adam labor and the book the district eight it's room and number eight if you're looking for it and again that comes out it's from pegasus crime june 5th and I just started a legal thriller, oh, which cool. is kind of outside of my wheelhouse, but it's called It Happened at Two in the Morning hmm. by Alan Hruska. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's H-R-U-S-K-A. And um, he's a lawyer. There's a shocker. <laughs> and I love it so far. I, too, just started it this morning. I'm only 20 pages in. And um, this is an example of a book that I have had on request at the library for six Months. Really? Wow. Yes, I read about it in the New York Times Book Review and requested it, and it's taken that long. And it came out, it's a trade paperback, and the chapters are super short, and action happened right away in the first chapter, so I'm pretty hooked. Nice. So again, it happened at 2 in the morning, a novel by Alan Hruska. That's so cool. Like, I mean, that's not that I'm, you know, must know it all, but it's but you've been waiting for it for six months. I've never heard of it. Well, you know, Chris, I'm constantly shocked at how many books I've never heard of. It's I know. quite depressing, But when actually. you think of something that's so yeah. popular, that I know. there's a six-month waiting list. No, that... I don't think it... No, I think it just... They hadn't gotten it. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. No, so no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't I made an assumption like that, that, like, no. you were waiting for other readers to, to get on. No. It. And the copyright is 2017, so I don't know if it was that they just hadn't purchased it, or all I can tell you is, you know, I was one of two holds, which isn't very many, so yeah. unless... 
The person prior to me kept it for five months, mm-hmm. which, you know, that'd be <laughs> fines enough to go buy it. But anyway. It is funny, would... isn't it? Because, like, so many people, when you, well, take, for example, the PBS show, the America's Favorite Read thing that's been going on. And a lot of people saying, like, oh, I've never heard of that book. Or, and I think sometimes when people say that, it can sound kind of, like, condescending and know it all Like, oh, I've never heard of that book. And I think most people are just kind of surprised. Yeah. Because I think, like, when you have been a serious reader or a obsessed reader, you tend to know lists of books. Yes. And, and yes. you may not have read the books, but you've at least heard of a lot of them. Especially so you, on a favorites. Right, yeah. yeah. So when you come across them, yeah, right? Especially a favorite thing like that. Yeah. To come across not only a title, but then an author that you've never heard of. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was giving Min Jin Lee a ride back to the train station and she was, you know, just talking about how thankful she was for the success of her book. And then she mentioned like, you know, and I don't remember the number that she said, but it was a large number of books that are published every year. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, when you think about the sea of books that are published and then the fact that yours achieves such great acclaim, you know, it's. Something to be very grateful for. Absolutely, you know? yeah. I mean, because yeah. there are so many great books published that, 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 you know, it's like, what is that? It's such a combination of a good book and good timing and luck. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And then you think about it, too, in history, like books that were so popular back in the day that no one knows now, but yeah. something that dribbled out and was ripped to shreds like Moby Dick is such an iconic American book now. Yep. Yeah. True that. Oh. So I'm also reading something else. Are you or are you? No, I, okay. I'm just on those two. I'm making my way through the um, Not That Bad Dispatches from Rape Culture that was edited by Roxane Gay. It's a really good book. You know, each chapter is a different um, author. And not necessarily, I didn't mean that to say, each chapter is authored by somebody different, I should say. They're not necessarily authors whose names you would recognize. They're people who have had experiences with rape. And and what's interesting about it so far is just, and I know this has been talked about a lot with the Me Too movement, is that people don't understand that that's what's happened. Or that one of the essays was about a, a creative writing professor in college who was reading these essays written by people that, to her, were like, these are rape fantasies. And when she would talk, bring the student in and talk to them about it, they would say, no, it's not. And she would say, yes, it is. And I'm going to tell you why, you know? Wow. So I think a lot of what we're seeing now and what's great about a book like this coming out is increased understanding of Mm -hmm. perspective and people's experiences. Yeah. You know? Good. So So, needed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not an easy book to read, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad I'm reading it. So again, that's called Not That Bad, Dispatches from Rape Culture, edited by Roxane Gay. So what have you just read, Emily? I finished The Overstory by Richard Powers. I loved it. It is a book that if I wasn't such a rabid reader, I probably could have spent actually a couple months reading and really just read each sentence and appreciated it a little bit more, Mm -hmm. you know? It's a wonderful story. It, it's about kind of the intersection between human beings and nature, essentially. And so mm-hmm. overstory, if you look at the, the cover of the book, it looks like rings of a tree. And it's, a, you know, the overstory is the highest part of the tree line. Mm-hmm. It started out very unusually where it felt like it was 
just a book of short stories because mm-hmm. it's about a certain number of characters. I want to say maybe six separate characters in each individual chapter at the beginning is just each of the characters. And I was like, oh, this is kind of not what I thought. I thought it was more of a novel, mm-hmm. you know. But then, you know, I can't remember now. I had written it down. Maybe I can't find my cheat sheet. Oh, here it is. Maybe about 150 pages in or so, it turns into one of those stories where now the, the characters are intermingling with each other. Okay. And the only problem I have with the book, and I have mentioned this in the past, I am terrible with character names and just mm-hmm. names of people in general, you yeah. know. And I started to feel very lost because some of the characters also then get nicknames. Oh, gosh. And I just decided, like, just... I mean, the only way I can stick with a book like that is just to be like, just try to get the basis of the story. Don't worry about the characters, you know. Mm -hmm. But if you're better with names than I am, I think you'll do a better job with it. But I've also read many reviews of it now from people who say it's a really hard book to review. Oh, and so I, cause I, as I was reading it, I was thinking a lot about how am I going to talk about this book, mm-hmm. you know? And so each of the characters in those first six chapters have an affinity to a certain kind of a tree. Mm-hmm. And then those trees kind of come back and you revisit them throughout the course of the book. Very cool. It's really hard to describe. And I really, honestly, I can't do a better job than to say it's, you know, it's a dense book. It's over, I think 400 and might even be 500 pages, I think. I enjoyed it, and I highly recommend it. And I think it would also make a great gift for people who do enjoy a little bit more of, you know, scientific sort of reading and also are concerned about the environment Mm -hmm. because it's definitely a call to that. You know, there's, there's issues of lumber mills and things like that. It's political in nature. It's really good. And it spans quite a long period of time also. It goes back into the 60s and current day. And okay. So I, I, don't, I feel like I'm rambling, but I highly recommend it. He's a great writer. Just beautiful sentence structure, beautiful writing. So again, called The Overstory by Richard Powers. Nice. I'm putting that on my TBR list for sure. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Well, I read the latest um, Jane Bunker mystery from Linda Greenlaw. The title is Bimini Twist. Right on. And that is coming out from Minotaur Books on June 26th, so something to look forward to. Um, now, the Jane Bunker mystery series, it's its not exactly a cozy. Like cozies are traditionally like an amateur sleuth who stumbles upon something. Jane Bunker is actually, she's um, an insurance investigator and a, part of a deputy. I was going to say assistant sheriff, which is what a deputy is, but yes. yes. So she's a deputy. She wears these two hats in Maine, the small fictional town in Maine, not too far from Bar Harbor, which is where some of the action of this mystery takes place. And I like them because there's a lot of boat action. You know, Linda Greenlaw was brought into the limelight because of the perfect storm. She was a swordfish uh, boat captain and was the last to talk with the people of the boat that went down in the perfect storm. And then she became an author in her own right and wrote some really great memoirs. Her her mysteries are not everybody's cup of tea. Like one of our listeners, Kate, who is a boating person, has said that she's tried to read some of the mysteries, but they, you know, she gets some of the boating stuff wrong. And I was like, that is so fascinating. And I said, but, you know, she's been... In boats her whole life, and Kate's point was like, well, she's been a commercial fisher person. True. You know, and there are differences. So that was interesting. I didn't ask Kate what the specifics were necessarily, 
But for me, somebody who has a casual knowledge of boats and just is drawn to boats, I like them because, you know, you have them zipping off into boats and another boat ramming another boat and a boat sinking and just boats. And there's actually on this one uh, some cruise ship action involved. And if um, you know how big those things are. So anyway, I enjoyed it. It is. It's, this one starts about four months, three or four months after the last mystery ended, which you and I both right. read. So her brother, who's um, autistic, he's on the spectrum, comes up from Florida to live with her. And the her two landlords, this older married couple, who run a, a gift store that's all dedicated to lobster paraphernalia. So there's some of that kind of cutesy stuff. But then there is the action and danger and then she is, you know, a paid professional. So it's not exactly a cozy. It's not an edgy thriller. It's kind of in the middle. I always wish, you know, she wrote a cookbook. Mm-hmm. So I just wish she would throw a little bit of food stuff in her books. She did in this one. Oh, yes. Oh, maybe yes. I'll have to Every read night it. the landlord makes a different dish. Oh, are there this, recipes in the book? No, she doesn't have okay. recipes. It's just talking about different dishes. Oh, this see, that sounds making, really so. good. Yeah. Okay. So you, you're welcome to the book if you want it. Lots oh. of lobster? Yeah. Not <laughs> lobster. What is it that she cooks? She co- is it mussels? Oh. Is it mussels? She cooks the same thing. She, she uses that same seafood item every night in different dishes. Here lies the rub, people. That's the only part of the book I would remember. (laughs) And it's the only part Chris doesn't remember. I love it. Classic. (laughs) I'm like, I don't remember who died. Don't ask me that. But they ate scallops every night. (laughs) So this great. This the last book of hers dealt with the drugs. uh, and, And this one deals more with human trafficking. Ooh, that's a big one. Yeah. Anyway, again, The Mini Twist by Linda Greenlaw. And that's number four in the series? Yes. Okay. I finished Alternate Side by Anna Quinlan. Anna Quinlan is one of my favorite authors kind of of all time. Mm. I mean, I feel like her writing is perfection. She can tell a story in about 250 pages from beginning to end, and it's perfection. Amazing sentence structure. I just love her. Didn't love this book. I was so disappointed. Um, I did not like it. I mean, I read it from cover to cover. And it all takes place in New York City. And it's about a couple in, you know, just past midlife, I would say. Okay. That's a risky thing to say. I shouldn't have just said that. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're in their 60s. You decide what you want that to be. But um, they've raised their children. Their children are of college age or greater. And, um, you know, it's just kind of the day-to-day, their day-to-day lives, mm-hmm. of walking their dog and going through life. And then they start to have trouble with their marriage and trouble in the neighborhood and husband and wife wanting different things out of life, mm-hmm. which happens. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, you know, she's an observer. She's an essayist. She observes life. And I feel like her observations were wonderful. And, um, you know, it was very well-told story it just didn't wow me the story okay you know and I think it was more maybe just that I wasn't really I I just had finished that other book about marriage maybe and so I just was not like I don't really want to be navel gazing at marriage again you know so I think it was more that but her writing is perfection I love it I haven't read anything by her yet but I will I'm sure one of these days when I the summer I moved here the summer of 2015 I read her book still life with breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. 
And it's probably one of my favorite books, even though it's never made my top ten. Yeah. Which we've only done once. But, <laughs> um, yeah, she's a great writer. So, alternate side, Anna Quinlan. I'm thinking for our 100th episode, we should do our top 100 reads. Oh, now that I can get behind. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. Yeah. We'll okay, I'm going to start now. That. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> well, I also read another, this is a thriller, and this is a hardcore, really violent, messy thriller. Um, it's by Linda Castillo. Sworn to Silence is the title. And it was the first Kate Burkholder mystery. It was originally published in 2009 by Minotaur Books. She, her, her next one is coming out sometime this summer. So uh, Criminal Element is going to be reviewing all of them, Ooh. each of them. So I'm re- uh, reviewing her this first one, Swore, Sworn to Silence. And it's set in Ohio. In an Amish community. Ooh. And I remember when this book came out, I was still working at the bookstore. And I remember thinking like, huh, Amish thriller, interesting idea. And I always kind of wanted to read it. And part of me feels like I started reading it. Mm. And maybe it was just too violent for me at the time. And I, I didn't finish it. And I didn't even read far into it if I did. But I read the whole thing this time. And I don't know if it's just because I'm in a different place in my life. The violence was still disturbing. But I I guess I, I understand it more in a social context. And I could see the bigger picture as opposed to feeling the personal horror. Mm. I don't know. Mm. You know, it's kind of weird to think in, about this and talk about it. But anyway, Kate Burkholder, who's the main character, she has, she was raised Amish in this community, and she left when she was a teenager and was living outside of, in a city in Ohio, and got into law enforcement. And I think just like two years before the opening of this book, she moved back to her, her town that she grew up in. And she's been, I forget what the technical term is in the Amish church, but, you know, she's been not excommunicated, but something like that. She's no longer welcome until she accepts the lifestyle. And she's not willing to accept that lifestyle. But she loves the Amish community. Mm. She loves the community itself. And she's really happy to be police chief of this town. She has a couple people working underneath her. Um, One is an African-American guy who is a Marine Another one is a young guy who is pretty fresh, and this is his. He's the one who finds the body. This the first body is found dumped in a field. It's winter in Ohio, and that's just brutal in itself. <laughs> um, and so the story kind of takes off from there. Finding this body, more bodies pop up. There's also uh, Kate has a really intense history with sexual violence herself. Mm. There was. 16 years ago, similar murders, similar serial killer who then stopped for whatever reason. So now that things are starting up again, it's that's the mystery, is finding the serial killer and then Kate's own personal backstory, current emotional struggles with her family and with what happened to her. It's, it's just pretty it's, dark. It's, and it describes what this guy does to the women victims, which is horrifying. It doesn't go into great detail. It goes into detail enough. And maybe that's the thing. Like, when they don't go into detail, that's when I get really creeped out. When they Mm -hmm. go into too much detail, I think, this is just sick and wrong. But, like, she gives just enough to give you the horror of it. 
And I wonder, though, sometimes I do, like, what is the point of these novels? Yeah. Why write about things like this? And I was listening to Will Schwalbe's new podcast, and he had interviewed Louise Penny recently. Yes. And they talked about Charlotte's Web a lot. But there was another section in there where he talked about going to get a kid's book for one of his, was it his goddaughter, I think. Yes. And he goes into this children's bookstore and wanted something about a kid being an orphan. Because I think that's what his goddaughter is into or something. Yeah. And, and he asked the bookseller. And the bookseller is like, she points to this wall and that wall and that wall. She's like, these are all about right. all, all of these kids' <laughs> stories about kids who lose their parents. Right. And at first I was thinking, like, is that wish fulfillment for these kids? But then the bookseller says, like, that is a kid's greatest fear right. is to lose your parents' parent. And to be all alone. And that is what these books help kids with, is to know that you can go through this and survive. Right. You know? Yeah. You, and I wonder, too, with books like this, uh, Sworn to Silence, that talk about women being raped and serial killers, which are in the news, which is obviously out there, not necessarily serial killers, they are there, but rape mm-hmm. happens way too often, as we all know. And I wonder if it's part of that, that these books, such books that depict violence against women, if they are feeling a need for women to feel like this is real stuff that happens and I could survive it. Because there's always a survivor in these books. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I just think it's just the danger is that we start normalizing things and, you know, that's what I worry about. Right. Yeah. And that goes back to like Jack the Ripper. I mean, and and normalizing that in a sick way. But I think to juxtapose something like this against the Amish community, which is so, you know, it's not perfect by any stretch, Mm -hmm. but it's so quiet and somewhat remote and all that is just... And the the juxtapositions in this story are just stunning. Yeah. It is so clear cut. Um, Because, and then it's it's Ohio in the winter. So you think cold, white, like it's... Stark. Yes. And then, Mm. uh, yeah. So it's... It's a brutal book, but I, I, you know, it's one of those, I I liked reading it. Yeah. It was a quick read. So again, that Sworn to Silence by Linda Castillo. And I just wanted to pipe in that Will Schwabe's uh, podcast is called But That's Another Story. Yes. It's fantastic if you it's haven't listened right. to it. Yeah. Really short. That's my chief complaint, actually. I'm like, no, I want to <laughs> keep listening. But he's he interviews one author. He started with Minjin Lee. Mm-hmm. It's really great. He's not that many episodes in, so you can certainly go and start from yeah. the beginning. And he talks to people about like the one book that, or or, or one book that really sparked reading in them, right? Which it's is great, so much fun. Yeah, it's yeah. a great podcast. So I also read "Tell Me More: Stories About the Twelve Hardest Things I'm Learning to Say" by Kelly Corrigan. Hmm. I love Kelly Corrigan. She's a nonfiction writer, essayist. I can't right now remember her first book, but it was about the time period where she and her father both were suffering cancer at the same time. It was such a huge seller, too. I yeah. can't remember the name either. I, I'll look it up oh, as no, we're talking. You could talk. Okay. I'll look it up. And um, this one is is about the time period, actually, where she has her both her father and one of her best friends have passed away. And um, it's Kelly Corrigan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Chris Kelly. is looking it up. Um, and so she, it's just kind of like, you know, I've been through this terrible patch. I've, I've uh, buried two really wonderful people. One was, you know, someone that she lost at the time in his life when, you know, he was older and it was 
more expected. The other was a friend who was in her 40s who was the mother of, you know, children and, you know, living a vibrant life and passed away, you know, from cancer. So so each chapter has a sentence or a, a word, I think, not a sentence, mm. um, like no or yes or I'm sorry or, you know, I was wrong or something like that. And her writing is very familiar. It's like you read it and you feel like you could be taking a walk with one of your best friends, Mm -hmm. you know. And she's hilarious. There's one chapter that's about her dog fishing poops out of the toilet (laughs) and why there is poop in the toilet, you know. And it's so funny because what she does is, you know, kind of riffs on the fact that she's not perfect. You know, none of us are. But then when you fuck up, you've got to, you know, put your tail between your legs and go to your children and <laughs> say I was wrong. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. own it. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I just think she's a wonderful writer. And um, like I said, I laughed out loud and felt like I, you know, had a nice stroll with a friend. It was yeah. very quick read. Yeah. So very cool. So the name of the first book, her first, is the middle place. The middle place. Yeah, and that came out in two thousand and eight, and that was so popular. And I think I read it, but I don't. I'm not sure. Yeah, and it's really a love story to her father, who they called Greenie. And um, I I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've read all of her books, and I just think she's wonderful. So I highly recommend her. She was she's also she's been a booktopian. booktopian. Yeah. Yeah, author. yeah, she's a I remember yeah. I think she might have been there for her book Glitter and Glue. Glitter and Glue 2014. That sounds like it cuz she was there when I was there and I did go in 2014. Okay. Yeah. So Vermont. Kelly Corrigan, tell me more stories about the 12 hardest things I'm learning to say. Awesome. And so are you did you just read anything else? I You've did. Been doing a lot of reading. I know, said. I did. I've I've been under the weather, which is why I have my soft and sultry voice on. <laughs> And I just finished a book that um, I received in the mail from William Morrow. It's called Lighthouse Beach by Shelley Noble. It is going to come out on May 29th, so very oh. soon after this podcast airs, actually. Um, beach read, 100% beach read. Yeah. I loved it. It was exactly what I was looking for when I wasn't feeling great. It's the story of a group of women who meet at a wedding that goes wrong. <laughs> So they kidnap the bride and in a positive way, not a negative way, and escape to Lighthouse Beach, which is in Maine. I didn't bother to look it up and see if that was a real place. Okay. Shelley Noble is um, lives on the in in uh, New Jersey, I believe, in the in the Jersey Shore. So she's definitely familiar with um, beach culture, mm-hmm. and I love Maine. It's probably my favorite state. And so it was a real love story to Maine, and they all kind of hide away on this little little spit that has a lighthouse then that has a jetty, mm-hmm. and the jetty gets covered in water, so the lighthouse is only accessible at certain times of the day. And the lighthouse is definitely a character in the book. <laughs> and so, you know, there was love, and there was food, and there was drinking, and, you know, people finding themselves, and it was just a super light read, and I enjoyed every minute of it. it sounds good it sounds like a good antidote to sworn to silence <laughs> yes i would say <laughs> nobody was maimed there was no blood splatter um you know there's hardship you know we all have hardship in our lives and are trying to find our way and i would say that this is also it's a real girlfriend book you know it's women who come together two of them knew each other and then three of them knew each other. So it was one of that sort of thing. Like all four of them went to the wedding, but the woman who owned the cottage on Lighthouse Beach, whose home they all end up at, 
only knew one of her, one, the bride. Okay. And so the, they, she gets to know the other two. And they're all very different, and they all have, you know, ways about them. Mm-hmm. One of them is a CEO of an app company, and she's really forward and tough, and I loved her character. And then the woman who watches the lighthouse, whose name is Mac, is a tough old broad also, you know, who keeps hoodlums away from the lighthouse and stuff so you know it was not hard work to read if you're looking for an escapism book i highly recommend it lighthouse beach by shelly noble did you go on any biblio adventures yeah i did I've, i've been on a couple the first was i i went to manhattan to see an encore's production uh, me and my girl and Aunt Ellen actually met me there, which was a lot of fun. Um, it was a rainy day that day. I took the train in and bef- I got in a little bit early and I went to, I ran into a bookstore called Book Off, <laughs> which I thought, what a name. Yeah. Um, so I looked around in there a little bit and then I went to Central Park searching for Fitz Green Halleck's monument and i found it yeah so it was so much fun to actually see it and to take some pictures and to walk around and this couple came up and he was the the guy it was a man and a woman he was taking pictures of the various statues and so he was taking pictures of of uh, our boy fitz and <laughs> i was like do you know him and he's like no he's like i don't i'm not familiar really with any of these i'm just taking pictures and then when we get home I'm going to look him up. So I started telling him about Fitz Green Halleck. And like that, you know, there are 30,000 people here when this monument was dedicated. And he's like, wow. He's like, I never heard of him. I was like, yeah, I never did either. Like, and I'm just here tracking him down because I'm so amazed that like he was so popular in his day. And now we, we don't hear about him. So I also showed the guy a picture of his monument at the Guilford Cemetery. Here. Here's the phallic so, monument. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that the one in Central Park wasn't. It's of him, It's right? of him. That's yeah, what I thought. It's actually okay. of him. Yeah. yeah. So that was very cool. I'm glad I got to do that. I got soaked to the bone. But then I dried out during the show. Nice. So that was great. It was wonderful to see Ellen again. Hi, Ellen. I was jealous. <laughs> like... My favorite co-host and my favorite aunt are, you know, together, and I'm not. That's, you know, I can share. And then I also saw the new movie, Book Club. Oh, what did you think? Um, You know what? I enjoyed it. It was fun. And I, you know, it's full of actors I really love. I mean, Jane Fonda, Mary Steenburgen. Burgen? Yeah. Burgen. Um, Candace Bergen. Candace Bergen. And who's the fourth one? Um... Oh my God. Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton, right, yeah. So they play these four friends who've been friends since college, and they've had a book club since then. So they've been in this book club for like 40 years or so. And again, it's like that eclectic mix of women. Jane Fonda's a, you know, owns a really swank hotel. Mary Steenburgen's character is a chef who, okay, well, I won't give you all the details. Anyway, so they're reading. We come to them. They're older, they're, you know, Jane Fonda doesn't, she has lots of sex with men, but she never sleeps with them. Mm. She can't do the sleeping thing. Mary Steenburgen's character is, has been happily married for her entire adult life, but she's having sex problems with her husband. Candace Bergen's character, she was divorced 18 years ago, hasn't been with a man since, and she's like a federal judge. I love her. It's so good yeah, to see her in a movie I love again. her, too. And then Diane Keaton's character was a... She's a stay-at-home mom who 
whose husband died like uh, a year a year before the movie mm. starts. But they start with reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Right. And I'm just like, really? See, that's the reason I haven't wanted to see it. Because yeah. I love all of those actresses I also. Know. And I'm yeah. like, what? Now, the thing is, the, so the movie line, not to turn anyone off to it, but it was just a little heavy-handed. Mm. Like, I much... I would have preferred to watch those four women just sitting in a room improving a book group session. Reading Little Women, perhaps? <laughs> anything. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, anything. Even Fifty Shades of Grey, fine. Because right. I just kind of felt like... You know, the script was a little predictable and, okay. you know, standard. And, you know, it was a cute movie. Fifty Shades of Grey is probably going to win the PBS America's Best Read. Because, like, yeah, I won't yeah. go into details yeah. about that. But as John, our mystery man, said, he put it out on social media. He went to see it. He's like, it's like a, a superheroes movie for book nerds. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's cause, cute. Because yeah. it is. It's all about reading. And yeah. What reading yeah. does. And, yeah. yeah. Which is, there's no, that's great. Yeah. So yeah. I love that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Happy endings and, and all yeah. that good stuff. Excellent. Yeah. So how about you? I didn't really get to do much, but I did watch the show I Love Dick, which is an Amazon original, oh. which is based on the book of the same name by Chris Krause. And the show stars Kevin Bacon and Katherine Hahn who I love, Catherine Hahn. She's also in Transparent. Okay. Um, she also has a book out, a children's book out, so we'll be seeing her in our upcoming jaunt. Oh, but um, it's uh, not a show for everybody. There's a lot of sex and a lot of sex talk. Um, but the book was written in letter format. It's an epistolary novel. Mm-hmm. So I was curious to see how they were going to pull that off as a full-fledged show. I also, my understanding is, I think there's going to be another season. There's a full season out. So I haven't done any research to understand, you know, how they're taking that Mm -hmm. further because I think there's just one book. Well, it could be like what they did with Orange is the New Black. Like, you know, they they have these great characters from the book. Well, those are real people in that case, but people who morphed into these great characters. And now there's all these new storylines and everything. Maybe it's just that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's an exploration. It's a married couple who go to this kind of um, artist retreat. And the husband is the one that's going to the retreat because he's an author. And she's a filmmaker. And she wasn't supposed to stay. She was supposed to be going somewhere else because her film was going to be at a film festival or something. Mm -hmm. And as they arrive there, she finds out that because she had not gotten permission to use a certain song in her film, they can't show the film at the film festival. So she ends up staying in the middle of nowhere with her husband, you know, and then she starts, they kind of start writing these letters or she writes these letters to Dick, who's one of the, the artists who, who brings all of these artists together at this retreat, who is Kevin Bacon. So there's a lot of play about her feelings towards this guy and she starts writing letters and then, she publicly hangs the letters and stuff. So it's a hoot to watch, but it's also kind of intense. You know, mm-hmm. um, her emotions are very intense and raw, and she's very open about them. So if you're interested, yeah. I Love Dick on Amazon, if you have access to Amazon Prime. And then the only other thing I did was just a lot of libraries. The yeah. Russell Library with you and um, our mystery man, John. You guys left... And I waited for my mystery man, Jim, to show up and come pick me up. And I get this text from him. I'm quietly working away on the second floor. And I get a text from him like, where are you? And I said, I'm on the second floor. And he said, 
I was just on the second floor, and it's filled with policemen and firefighters, and there's <laughs> ambulance and fire trucks outside. I hadn't heard a friggin' thing. Wow. And apparently you were there's in that like, room? No, I was out, in the, but oh, I guess okay. there's like two different sides with two floors. I don't know. Yeah. He was on the wrong side. Oh. But it gave him a moment of panic when he walked up to the library, and there's like fire trucks and ambulances <laughs> and stuff. And I'm just, you know, toiling away at my computer, but... So I worked at the Russell Library, I worked at the Noah Webster Library in West Hartford, and the Guilford Library. Nice. So, yeah. So I didn't get to any other adventuring. So what about upcoming jaunts? Well, it's the big kahuna. Big kahuna. For me. Book Expo. Yeah. For both of us. Joint jaunt. Joint jaunt. Big one. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. That'll be next Wednesday. It starts May 30th. Yes, through yeah. June 1st. June 1st. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, well, yeah, June 1st and, isn't June 1st and 2nd Bocan? June 1st is Friday. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Bocan is three days. Bukan. Bukan. Yeah, yeah. Bocan is two days. Bocan's over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And I might do a day of Bocan. Yeah. Just to see what it's about. We'll see how exhausted I am after yeah. three days of walking the floor and looking at books and talking with people. Yeah, we have some exciting things we're planning. We're going to meet up with our friend Russell Mm -hmm. of Ink and Paper Blog. He's going to be there for his first ever trip to New York and Book Expo. So we're going to do some gallivanting together. We're hoping to meet up with Will Schwabe, who's going to be doing a live episode of his podcast, I think. Oh, they're going to record. Okay, that's That's great. That's what I thought. Maybe I misread that. Yeah, Yeah. And that's Thursday night, right? Thursday night, Yeah. yeah. And then just, you know, we're going to be gathering a lots of intel about upcoming books and things like that. Yeah. So lots to share. Looking forward to yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I've been, um, one of the things is when you, you can set up an account on Book Expo and then look at the schedule and put things on your schedule. Yes. And then you can also mark, you know, like favorite vendors and stuff. So I've been going through and doing a lot of that because I do want to touch base with some of the publishers that I really find myself yes. reading a lot of their books. And so that's been a lot of fun to be connecting with them already beforehand. Yeah. So, and yeah. meeting some of these people that we've connected with just online right. and meeting them in person will be a yeah. lot of fun. I know. I hope we get to meet up with Allison. Is she going to be there from Literary Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I already talked to her uh, okay. a couple weeks ago, okay. so yeah, we'll we'll have to talk a little bit more. But yeah, Allison uh, does a p- great podcast called Literary Atlanta. It's another. She does a lot of author interviews. Yeah, people coming through Atlanta, people from Atlanta, books related to Atlanta. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it makes me want to go back to Atlanta. Yeah, I used to hang out there occasionally. Anyway, when I lived in Charlotte. Take a little jaunt down there. I'd like to go to the Jimmy Carter Library, actually, in Atlanta. That's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to go to more presidential libraries. I've I've never been. been. Oh, really? I've Mm -mm. been to the Eisenhower Presidential Library. Kansas, I think that is. Mm. And we ended up there one time for by accident. I took some friends to Red Cloud, Nebraska, to see all the Willa Cather stuff. I'm shocked. (laughs) (laughs) And then we just started driving around. And we ran into that presidential library and, and went in and. and Can I ask you what minute we're at on the podcast? Fifty-eight minutes. We got fifty-seven minutes before Chris mentioned Willa Cather. Oh it's a my record. god! I I, I contained <laughs> myself because there was something else he said that made me think of her, but then I forgot. Oh my god! I mean, gosh. we can't have an episode. I mean, no. even John mentioned Willa yes. Cather last time. Yes, that's right. She's you, you know, have everybody trained. Minjin Lee is our living spirit author animal. And, well, Willa Cather's my dead 
author, spirit animal. I'll have to think about that. I don't know that I have one. I'll have to work on that. Yeah. I'll have to channel somebody. Pat Conroy? It could be, actually. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we digress. <laughs> yes, we so do. we're going to Book Expo. It's going to be three days of fun. We're going to stay with Aunt Ellen. Thank you, Aunt Thank Ellen. Thank you, Aunt Ellen. I can't wait. And um, we're going to we're gonna try to do some maybe mini little broadcasting. Yes, so keep your Keep your, how do you say it, fingers peeled to social media. We're peeling lots eyes. of body parts. <laughs> the eyes, Emily. <laughs> keep your eyes peeled. All of it's gross. We'll see what um, we can do. I mean, I know yeah. we could do Facebook Live or YouTube yeah. Live, but we'll see. You can't do recording on the conference floor. Which makes sense. But then the big yeah. foyer of the Javits Center, you could do recording and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely do some fun stuff. And there's cool banners when you walk in the front door. So we'll start posting a bunch of pictures yeah. and keep you guys posted. So upcoming reads. I have Lawn Boy from by Jonathan Evison. Uh, Jonathan Evison was the first author I ever moderated at a Booktopia for his book, The Revised Fundamentals of Caregiving, mm. which is a book I loved. It's been made into a movie. It's on Netflix, and I think on mm. that it's called The Fundamentals of Caring or Caregiving or something okay. like that. His name's a little different, but. So, Lawn Boy by Jonathan Evison, and then I have My Ex-Life by Stephen McCauley, who oh, was yeah. one of the Booktopia authors that we saw a couple weeks ago up at Northshire in Manchester. So, nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I have two that are knocking on my door. Um, one of them is From the Wreck by Jane Rawson, and uh, this is from Transit Lounge, which is an Australian publisher who... Wonderfully, they sent me a, a review copy to read months ago, and I haven't gotten to it. And I've it's been on my TBR. It just went way high up on to the top of my TBR because it's on the long list for a Miles Franklin Award. And Miles Franklin, that is the big literary award in Australia. Got it. So they put out a long list, and then they put out a short list, and then the winner is announced. So long list just came out last week, I think. Um, the shortlist comes out in June, and then the final is in August at some point. So from the wreck, it's it's one of those novels that it's hard to pinpoint because it's a little bit historical fiction. It's a little bit dealing with the ghosts. Mm. Um, so it's one of those books that just sounded like it might be really appealing and different. I'll read the, just a little blurb just so people could get a sense. From the wreck tells the remarkable story of George Hills who survived the sinking of the steamship Edmela off the South Australian coast in 1859. Haunted by his memories and the disappearance of a fellow survivor, George's fractured life is intertwined with that of a woman from another dimension seeking refuge on Earth. This is a novel imbued with beauty and feeling, filled both with existential loneliness and a deep awareness that all life is interdependent. So it is up actually for um, the speculative fiction category. Hmm. Okay. From the wreck, Jane Rawson. And then the other one I have, because you know I'm on my nautical boaty kick, is The Lost Sailors by Jean-Claude Izzo. And this is a Europa Editions book um, that came in from the library. I had to wait just a little bit for it. Um, but it is about sailors on a big container ship. The ship has gone bankrupt. And the sailors are trying to figure out what to do. 
Do they leave and forfeit their money or do they stay? We'll see. It was recommended somewhere. I don't know where I saw it recommended, but those are my two upcoming upcoming reads. And then I also have this book that Chris just showed me that I'm, I'm going to put on my reads. I don't know if I'll get to it in the quite near future, but it's called Old Books, Rare Friends, Two Literary Sleuths and Their Shared Passion by Leona Rostenberg and Madeline Stern. Mm-hmm. And this is a book you talked about on a prior episode. Yes. Right? There are two book collectors, book dealers. Um, they're both since passed away. The cover is adorable. It's a picture of both of them sitting on a couch with their dog between them. And they were really, I mean, huge booksellers and scholars. And one of them, I think it was the Madeline Stern, she's the one who discovered that Louisa May Alcott's, some of these uh, really kind of sexy stories from the 19th century that were written by, oh, did I write the name down? A.M. Barnard was the person's name. They were kind of like steamy stories from the 19th century, which nowadays they would not be all that steamy. Um, But a little, I I don't even know if they're supernatural. They might be. Anyway, not not kids' books, not really even mainstream, like women's fiction for back in the day. Um, She's the one who discovered that it was actually Louisa May Alcott who wrote those, and that was a pen name that she had taken to write those stories to make money. Well, we're going to take a picture of ourselves with this book because (laughs) we're wondering if this is what we might look like Uh, in the future, being two literary friends ourselves. Yes. (laughs) I really enjoyed reading it. It's a good book. Yeah. So that was, again, old books, rare friends, two literary sleuths in their shared passion, Leona Rustenberg and Madeline Stern. Yeah. Happy reading, everybody. That's it? Yeah. We're done? Oh, did you have something else to talk about? I just feel like it just... I don't know. I just want to keep talking. Oh, my. Well, we could talk off. <laughs> Maybe I have too much coffee. Yeah. Well, we are heading to the library now to do some work. Yeah. But we're going to have lunch first, so we, we can keep talking. Yes, and then we can. we'll shut up and work at the library. We wish we could take you all with us. Yes, we do. Should we try it one more time? Yes. Happy, Happy reading. reading. <laughs> that was great. Sensational stories. That's what I was trying to say in relation to uh, Louisa May Alcott. What does that mean? That's like not sexual, but like sensational is just like kind of like over the top. I think they used to call like a lot of crime fiction or like Wilkie Collins like sensational mm. stories. Like they were not just about day to day life, or mm. they they weren't just a romance or something like that. Hmm. So that was the word. Hmm. No, I what think, of, think like about? now we use. I have a big cough drop in my mouth. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I didn't know we were recording. <laughs> Um, I think of sensational, I think in this day and age, you think of it as like sensational news. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's over the top. Right. Yeah, totally over the top. But I don't think of that as sexual in nature. Oh no, I don't think it has to be sexual. Yeah. Okay. Just over the top. Okay. I think is a good, and I think, you know, obviously over the top in the 19th century is different from over the top now. (laughs) She removed her glove. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> like that scene from the piano Jane Champion's uh, movie with the little hole in her stocking mm-hmm. yeah so I think Talk that about stuff's sensual. sexier than yeah. what we have now alright goodbye again thanks for listening to the book cougars with Chris Wallach and Emily Fine to keep the bookish conversation going online join our goodreads group or connect with us on social media if you'd like to contribute to our hunt for a good read you can donate on patreon And if you have a minute to review us, 
on whatever app you use to listen to us, we appreciate it. It can help other listeners find us. Thanks, everybody.